Hello and welcome to episode number 287 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Good. Always uh, pleased to be back. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think so. I wasn't sure. I was As I started, I thought, am I pleased to be back? No, I'm pleased to be back. I'm pleased to be <laughs> yeah. back. Yeah. We, we all need a break from the real world especially, at times. And this is a nice especially release. Especially with so. a Shudder release. You've got to love a Shudder release, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm, like, I'm pretty sure this is our first one of the year. Um, so it's yeah, nice well, to be I back. I kind of pause at the start where I'm like, oh, I'm just kind of happy to be back in general. Like, I, you know, I, I'm like, oh, I always say like, I'm happy to be back in the cinema, but I'm quite happy to be back on Netflix. And this week I'm happy mm. to be back on Shudder. Like, just give me the good shit wherever. Yeah, we've had Netflix obviously in recent weeks with that uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre last week, which that was that was a great time, man. That like I I really enjoyed that conversation. Um sometimes it's it's never to do with the movie and sometimes mm. it is, but that was just one of those conversations. I had a great time talking about this weird movie Definitely. that is just somehow better than its some of its parts in some weird way. It's just really there's, fun. Th- there's times as well when we record a show where you know, I've I've got you know, the movie is set in stone, but then because of the conversation we had, like, it's made me enjoy that movie even more. Mm. Like, I, I had such a fun time talking about it that it's made me want to go back and watch it again. Yeah, for I sure. I haven't yet, because I had this week's <laughs> homework. But I no, I don't think you should watch it a week later, but, you know, <laughs> later on in the yeah. year, there's always plenty yeah. of time. Nearly slap on the original. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of the original segue, um, there is only one news item this week, <laughs> and it is about that said movie, in fact. Um, so, yeah, this is pretty interesting because this just came. I just saw a tweet um, from Second Sight, who, of course, are one of the numerous kind of incredible um, Blu-ray release companies um, mm-hmm. that we have floating around these days. Obviously, Arrow Video um, was it Eureka, Scream Factory. Like we have so many of these now and it's great. It's such yeah. awesome, um, you know, to have these for the fans and they continue to put out these movies. And uh, yeah, this is an interesting one because yeah, they just put a tweet out uh, with an image of our, our young boy, Leatherface, um, of course, in the original movie when he's swinging the saw at the end of the film. And mm-hmm. they just said currently in the works for a 4K release later this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I find this to be fascinating um i'm really i'm really intrigued to see (laughs) what this looks like um because as we kind of said in passing and it's worth mentioning here again as well i find um such an important aspect of their their original movie that i love so much is the way it looks and we talked Mm. about how it's a movie that you want to look like utter shit and it's like the best way to watch it is on a worn out vhs tape and you know and it, and it's like it, it adds to that allure where it feels like you're watching something that you shouldn't be watching yeah. um and i kind of this might be um not giving them enough credit but i almost consider it like accidental cinematography in a way where it's like i don't know if that was necessarily the intent and maybe that is taken away from them because obviously they made the movie and they deserve the credit but like it's an aspect of that movie that just adds to the mystique and it definitely adds to the story and the setting the, and the I characters think the problem is when you were making those movies like Wes Craven did with the Hills of Eyes and mm. and, and you know what happened with Texas Chainsaw Massacre you you you'll put you know you're going through hell you, yeah you know it's it's a miracle that there weren't deaths multiple deaths and you know kind of um you know the crazy conditions they're under and that is captured in the film and I think that's why they look so grainy and, and just like crap and I and I don't you know 
I don't know how on purpose it was, but certainly it, it was a choice that was made to be <laughs> to really put them through that. And 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 yeah, like like you say, I, I I'm interested to see what a 4K version of this looks like because, um, you know, I was I, I when it got announced, I was excited. I had the same thought as you then, a little bit of trepidation as do I want it to look that good. But then I did remember Hills of Eyes and, you know, Hills of Eyes part one and two. And I don't think anything was taken away with the restoration. Like it's just looks clearer, but still with that lens, I think Texas is a step beyond those movies, but Mm. but they are akin to it. Yeah. I just think it's going to be a fascinating Mm. like experiment that I really want to see. And I might not like it. I might love it, but I just think it's something that, because so many of these classic horror films now have had these Blu-ray releases and 4k releases in recent years. Whereas I feel like this is one of those few almost unicorns of horror where like, yeah, I have a Blu-ray of it, but it still looks like shit. Like, (laughs) you know, they didn't do anything to it. Well, I don't even know who put out the Blu-ray. It's even a shitty shitty Blu-ray. Yeah, exactly. So it's like this is one of those few all-time classic horror movies that just haven't had the care and love. And so, like, I'm glad that Second Sight are going to do it because obviously their Dawn of the Dead release was spectacular. Um, And so seeing that love and care, hopefully there'll be a whole host of features. Like, I don't know how many there are kicking about for a movie like Texas Chainsaw. My, Um, Have you got, like, the thin version of Texas Chainsaw? I do, yeah. That was put out by Second Sight. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, now you say that, I do remember seeing their tiny little logo somewhere yeah. on it, but it's it, there's no, like, is there any special features Oh, there's a shit ton. Oh, okay. There's a, there's a, there's a mega shit ton. <laughs> wow, okay, interesting. <clears throat> well, th- yeah. that's even more interesting then, because obviously they've got all that stuff, but I, mm. I remember that movie still looking like shit on Blu-ray, yeah. so maybe they've done a they'll they'll somehow you know recreate that i remember just getting this cheap blu-ray and being like yeah texas still looks shit but that's how i want it to look i was happy with the blu-ray i just wanted it in a blu-ray case yeah that's a good sign for this so yeah yeah, this will be you know 4k it'll have all those extra features hopefully lovely like posters and art books and all that stuff so yeah i'm down hopefully it'll come out this year who knows because obviously everything gets delayed these days but uh keep um, we're definitely going to keep you updated in the news about when this one starts sort of uh surfacing because this is obviously Mm. extremely early and yeah God knows how they got this, but like you say, I mean, they had it before, so it seems like they were the one company that have been able mm. to have it, which is which is awesome. Um, yeah, but, I'm, uh, I'm really excited. That is that is a cool one. Um, but yeah, that is it for the news this week. Um, shall we talk about this week's film? Do it. Let's talk about Hellbender. So yeah, this is a uh, a pretty interesting one to talk about because mm. I'm almost certain it's never been uttered on this podcast before. Um, I don't think so. Not not unless we yeah got confused with another title. No, exactly. <clears throat> the yeah one that we are looking very much looking forward to later this year. Um, but yeah, the kind of I had an interest. I had a different tactic this week about picking (laughs) the film um let's see if it pays off um but basically it got to the point when you know you have your your traditional backlog and i'm kind of looking at new releases and i immediately just thought like you know what we haven't seen a shot of movie for a while um 
So I immediately went on Shudder on the Thursday, and this was the brand new release that had just dropped that day. So I was like, well, okay, like, let's do this then. Like, that was literally yeah. all of the thought that went in. I knew nothing about it. I saw, like, a, one image that was vaguely <laughs> satanic, um, and that was it. I knew nothing about the country of origin, whether this was going to be subtitled, li- literally nothing. I knew the title and some vaguely satanic imagery, um, which was probably one more. Need. Probably that was one more image than you probably knew about this movie going in, <laughs> um, which is cool. Like, I like doing this. Um, it's always a risk. It's a but, uh, it's a yeah, um, I don't think we have anything else to say prior to this movie. Um, there is definitely some fascinating production stuff, which I'll probably just get into when I give my thoughts on the movie because it's so tied to it. Um, but yeah, what is this movie actually about? Just like some t- satanic stuff and some satanic images, really, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, like witches and that. Yeah, I mean, basically, our lead kind of. It, I, what I didn't realize was that our lead two actresses are the co-directors as well. With maybe that's part of the production thing I was going to mention. Sorry. Maybe that's part of the production thing I was going to okay, mention. Sorry, sorry. Maybe we should compare notes. Shall I just say at the start because it is very important to the to sure. the. So yeah, this is a family affair. Um, the Adams family, in fact, as mm. they go by, which is a fascinating. I love that moniker. Yeah. Um, and yeah, this is they did everything there's a there's a family of four husband and wife and two daughters they're all on screen in the movie in different capacities mm-hmm. obviously three of them being way more the, the kind of the, the the dad um is only in i believe one scene or a couple of scenes um yeah, obviously the two the two daughters um and the and the wife of the duo are very prominent and yeah they not only are they all kind of directing and writing but it is literally music cinematography editing costume design sound department it's an even camera operating um there's only one other name on here which is um someone who was also a camera operator and did the special effects other than this one outside person it seems like everything was done by this family Mm -hmm. in this entire film which is mind-blowing like i don't think i've ever seen that before we talk about you know indie movies um and stuff like one cut of the dead that is like you know ultra low budget and i have to imagine this is pretty Mm. ultra low budget as well but even that had multiple crews working on it you know whereas this is this is like four people pretty much the credits were something like one minute 30 seconds and (laughs) and they were like very minimalistic as well you weren't getting like 50 people on screen at once you maybe get maybe getting four people at a time yeah you know it was it was very minimalistic and i think um you know i saw that kind of the adams family have done you know quite a few like Mm. features together there's kind of like four or five films that came up on the imdb that they're all a part of so i assume they're a similar sort of joint um which is interesting as well and and yeah like you say this one feels um you know when it when it starts i was like man this this feels like a really low budget movie but then suddenly when we got further into it we get some crazy effects and some crazy videos mm. uh, visuals and some really great cinema photography as well like it's strange like i think some of the dialogue you can just tell that it's not recorded with like high end equipment more than yeah. anything like you can just tell that it's you know the 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 quality's not there, but the actual you know portrayal of it, and like I say, some of the effects, it's like it's it's mind blowing really when you see it's only a few people made it. Yeah, like I said, um, I just don't think like we've obviously covered 
upwards of you know well over 250 films at this point and it's mm. like i don't think we've ever seen a movie that was made by four people i could be wrong no, but i like don't that. i don't think we have like yeah like even when you look at some of those movies that are made in lockdown and stuff like mm. you know it's they normally have more than that but um but yeah so i mean the two kind of lead um characters izzy and i think she's just called mother right yes that's what it says on yeah. imdb <laughs> uh, um hang on yeah let me get back um yeah, so Izzy and um, yeah, Izzy and mother, um, they are basically living in the woods, and um, it's quite clear early on that the kind of mother is keeping Izzy away from the outside world, and she's kind of um, saying to her that you know you've you've got this illness and you've got to stay away, so I'll go into town and get supplies, and you stay there, and um, we 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 learn from kind of the opening scene in the movie that there's some sort of witchcraft involved we get a pretty v- brutal scene of like a witch's trial well i guess not trial i guess um it's kind of uh, like a trial <laughs> it's kind of the trial it's more the the enactment of the punishment you know yeah the witch is being hung and she's refusing to die at the start of the movie mm. um and then we cut to this kind of yeah modern day them living in the woods izzy and mother and it's basically, you know, it's it's a it's a coming of age, really, of Izzy. Mm. What this story is about, it's her discovering her family ties to witchcraft and the, um, you know, and 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 her kind of, you know, coming of age as as a woman as well. I think, and just kind of those two mixing together in a way that has been done. I mean, we, you know, we literally watched the craft movie last last year, didn't we? Yeah. That that is that sort of story, but um, this one is done in a really different way. They don't. I think one of the things with sometimes with these, you know, with witchcraft sort of film is it's almost films are scared to show their hand early doors mm. with the witchcraft, where, where like the first interaction mother has with a character outside of Izzy is kind of insanity. Yeah, and and it. it it sets up the tone for the whole movie really where the movie is, is pretty batshit crazy. You know, it's not a long movie. Um, it clocks what just over 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, and it, it really, you know, the opening scene of the witchcraft of, of the witches in the past was, was, you know, a, a pretty brutal kind of punch to start the movie. And then I think the movie starts quite quick really and, and gets going and gets into the meat of the bone. And, you know, it's not it's not this roller coaster ride or anything like that because it is this grounded coming of age story of Izzy. But I think there's a there's a lot of um, you know uh, the, because I didn't know what the film was about. I mm. had no idea. So obviously, the opening scene gave me you know pretty strong clue that there was going to be witchcraft and witches going on. But when we first met Izzy and she's kind of kept in the house by the mother character, you know. We've seen this a few times, you know, it, it gave me kind of don't breathe too but vibes almost where I'm like, is she, does she know that she's a prisoner? Mm. Like, is she her, she, you know, or is she a prisoner? Does she know it? Is, is she actually like the daughter of, of mother or, or is she, has she been kidnapped and brainwashed? Like what's going on here? And I think, you know, the movie, uh, you know, I think is clever and trying to make you think that. And as she starts to interact with these other characters, you realize that, you know, mother has told her lies and how much of that, you know, delves into the world of witchcraft. Um, 
and yeah, I, that that is you know where the, where the movie goes, and and that's you know that it's Izzy's journey into kind of discovering her her powers really is is what this movie is all about. Yeah, and like we said, it, it kind of they do a good job of making the story fit the limitations, I guess, where because of the fact that it's these just a family of two living out of the wilderness that already kind of like <clears throat> limits the amount of on-screen acting and kind of locations you need which is like genius because obviously you're you're a very low budget mm. movie and mm. then you have these very limited in, uh, interactions with kind of outsiders um which i really liked all of those scenes mm. as well like i do wish that there was more of that and again that's obviously the answer to i think a lot of questions i might have about this movie would always just be like well yeah we just didn't have the money so yeah um because yeah like those other scenes when you start introducing a third party to what is already the established dynamic between mother and daughter i think that that's where the movie really excels um because i want to see a wrench thrown in you know it, it's kind yeah. of a bit too happy in a, in a in a strange way if that makes sense like they're yeah. they're just living their lives and they're really happy and it's like it okay, this works, is, yeah, yeah and it, i'm like this yeah. is cool but it's that's not really what normally happens in a horror film normally there's like some sort of struggle um to overcome or some sort of like but you know butting of heads of ideas um whereas they're quite you know they could they almost could live in harmony if there wasn't for these outside influences which um yeah if people didn't if people didn't exist they'd be they'd be pretty chill really exactly which i think it's like black charcoal pencils and drumsticks they're golden yeah i love that Um, as a commentary on just like life as well (laughs) yeah would would you all just be great if people just didn't bother us in general Um, yeah exactly and i think yeah another point just with the the plot of this as well which is an interesting kind of subplot is that they 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 have this mother and daughter band which is Hmm. the band is called hellbender and it's kind of you know this this insane kind of I wouldn't really even know what sort of music to call it. I guess it's just <laughs> heavy, crazy, witchy music, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like it's um, it's kind of like death metal, but it's not like screaming. It's and it's only yeah, two it's people, like, so yeah. it's like a jamming it's, session. Yeah, for metal. exactly. Yeah, it's like they they just have these weird metal jamming sessions. I think is the best way to describe it, where they mm. they're all dressed up in this crazy kind of um, you know makeup and outfits and stuff, but they're just in their house yeah just just in their living room basically (laughs) just playing for themselves and you know and so we you know we throughout the movie cut to them uh playing these songs and i think you know the first transition is from uh you know the 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 opening scene with the with the witch kind of being hung cuts to modern day and it's them in the full makeup singing (laughs) and i was just like what is this movie (laughs) yeah but I was in, I was into it. Like I, I, I enjoy the whole band kind of, you know, dynamic. We've seen it with, you know, crazy movies like Lords of Chaos. And I think, you know, uh, but even quite a few of those, these movies we've seen have been tied to kind of music and bands and that sort of thing. And then mm. quite a few of them have always, have been enjoyable, haven't they? Yeah, it's um, always a great use of a subplot, I yeah. think, in, in general, yeah. like, especially with, like, satanic stuff. It, it goes hand-in-hand yeah. hand with this type of music, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what, what did you make of it overall? Yeah, I mean, I I ended up enjoying this one quite a bit, really. I think um, as the movie was going on, I, I, I found myself just more and more surprised as to how much I was enjoying it. And it's mainly because it's not usually my wheelhouse, but I just mm. found the way that this was being delivered was entertaining for me i was into the story i think um 
like I say, a lot of the things that I find with the with the kind of when we have some of these sort of witchcraft type movies is that they they tend not to get you know into it that they they want to slowly give you that payoff you know the 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 witch will be levitating in the final act of the movie you know and until then we're not going to see much else whereas this one really goes like you know pedal to the metal early on with um showing you what they can do and showing you what these powers can be and then kind of it it is about understanding them and it is about kind of is he starting to get these kind of urges and the this one and kind of mother teaching her and I, and I just was found it all really uh quite fascinating and mm. when when we got the scenes of um kind of you know witchcraft I guess and I was gonna say action but you know the, the that sort of you know the, those sorts of scenes they all were pretty satisfying for me and and then when we got like you like you touched upon the Izzy interacting with the side characters. I thought that was really interesting as well. Um, you know, just seeing her with um, uh, the, the girl at the pool who, who's kind of um, uh, just breaking into that place and staying at the pool. And they had like yeah. all of those scenes and she's just like in the swimming pool watching her. And I was just like, I'm just so uneasy as to what's going on because mm. I still didn't know whether like, I'm like, is Izzy innocent or is she like, an absolute psychopath yeah or or is she both <laughs> well that's always the great thing about <laughs> you know? these stories where you have like the kind of the trapped bird in the cage where it's like yeah. why is that bird in that cage is yeah. it because they have someone who's the overprotective parent or is it because that is the actual most dangerous person in the world yeah. if they were let loose well that's always all, cool. you know not i won't go into it too much but izzy's lyrics for like the lamb and the wolf mm, uh, yeah. the, the, i i thought that was fantastic and in it it perfectly kind of describes this movie. And yeah. I think, um, you know, as, as we were, you know, unfolding that, I, I just really enjoyed that journey. And I think, um, you know, I pretty much found, you know, start, middle and end, uh, satisfactory and enjoyable. And, and, uh, you know, I, I was pretty surprised for out really. Mm. I think, um, like I said, the, the effects as well, that it has some really, you know, good effects in it. And, um, we you know we've touched upon quite a lot that these days you just don't need a budget to make crazy things you know happen but having predominantly four people make this movie <laughs> with those four people predominantly being on screen as well yeah you know, when we're saying making we're not just saying they're behind the camera it's just four people you <laughs> know pretty much and i'm like the effects that they pulled off some of them were really good yeah. you know and and i think when you get a movie that that feels at times so indie and then has these effects it makes them kind of hit you a little bit more yeah um the other thing i was just going to say is this movie really did scratch kind of that raw vibe as well where it reminded me a lot of raw and how kind of you know she's discovering herself and discovering kind of what this what this hunger is inside her and izzy's quite similar with her powers and that sort of thing and i and i found i found the parallels between those two movies to be there as well mm. and yeah like i said i ended up like just you know this time last week not had no idea what this movie was <laughs> and having now watched it found myself thinking hell yeah this this was this was a great journey yeah that's great 
Um, mm. I, I find it absolutely fascinating that even approaching nearly 300 episodes, um, I still am shocked and surprised because I, I remember watch, when I was watching this film, I got about 15 minutes into it and I was like, <laughs> Mike is going to hate this. I'm, I'm going to get the, the text message 15 minutes in. Why have you picked this movie? And, and, and like, and yeah, like I'm you just, should've. you should have. Because like, normally you would, <laughs> but I'm I'm really glad that you liked it and you surprised me. Um, Ooh. yeah, I, I I did like the movie, definitely not as much. I think um I think it starts super strong, and I thought once it was like okay, they set up that it's kind of be this witchcraft and this linear of witch Ooh. stuff, and then you know you you're straight into modern day. You're introduced to the family. I really like their dynamic. There's clearly a lot of love and kind of this strong bond between them. Um, I believed them as a mother and daughter, even when I yeah, didn't, sure. didn't know <laughs> that they were a mother and daughter in real life. Um, yeah, so I don't know, maybe that's just great acting, or they are just <laughs> that is just them. But um, either way, the credits still do, and. Um, and so, yeah, kind of, I was already in. And then once we get that kind of first interaction with, like, is he like a... Who was the guy that they meet who... Um, I'm trying to remember why he's there. Is he just, like, hiking and lost? He's, well, they say he's lost, but then we kind of find out that he's, like, the uncle of the other girl or something, isn't he? Yeah, there was some sort of connection there that I wasn't... I think he, I think he was the uncle of the girl that Izzy meets later on. Right. Why he was hiking and kind of lost when he is a local to the area was all a bit confusing. Yeah, because I know he did um, mention, like, I have... Did he say, like, I have a niece that you should meet or something? I, I do yeah. remember that, but... Um... Oh, yeah, he just say like oh do you go to school around here yeah like, i have an interest in me but then but then yeah like i just don't know why but i mean to be fair there was one point when izzy was like wandering around this waterfall area and i'm like how does she not get lost oh yeah so you know <laughs> i mean you know for sure but I, I get it i i liked all that stuff and then yeah once we got to her meeting like the other teenage girl um those interactions were just so brilliant because i think that's mm. when the movie really starts to shine of like okay we've already set up who is he is she's clearly like an outsider she's clearly been brought up very differently to the outside world because of the control of her mom and i i've always loved that as a dynamic in these films of like you really you it's sometimes easy to forget just how vastly different we can all be as human beings based upon our upbringing and so i think when yeah. you have a person who is just so far away from the norm it's like these small little cultural touchstones that we all have just aren't there and so like when they're having those conversations there's these moments with izzy where she just has no idea what amber is referencing because they're just normal teenage girl things to everyone else other than her and so they're all really fascinating we're learning more about her and then when we get like the second interaction when it's like the other friends are there as well um i love that when when she's talking about she says the name of her condition because she basically tells people yeah. like oh yeah i've been told that i can't go near people yeah. basically and that's why i'm homeschooled and so immediately you're like oh, okay here's the red flag the mum's lying mm. to the daughter this is going to be the you know the potential you know butting hey, of what, heads. That, that kid is going to make one hell of a great doctor he really is <laughs> like you know the fact that he just knew that fucking disease and and the death rate and you know the just i mean that's impressive yeah and that's what was great where she like says the name of this crazy <laughs> condition and he's like oh that's interesting that only affects like infants and males i think he says or yeah. something along those yeah, lines yeah. and yeah. so and so immediately you're like oh that's cool because it's a fun bit of dialogue anyway you're learning about the characters but then you immediately realize that okay she's been Alarm lied to <laughs> um which is great and that's what i wanted and so that was why from that point that was what i expected the rest of the movie to be i expected it to be 
Izzy discovering that she's being lied to, basically, by the one person who she thinks she can trust the most. Um, and I thought that was going to be the breakdown of the relationship moving on. And maybe, you know, she didn't know what kind of the powers within and stuff. Whereas I think that obviously the movie doesn't really go in that direction. It becomes way more of like, a, I guess, a learning um, role. And I almost feel like that was where some of the... Uh, tension was probably lost for me where I still was enjoying it for what I was seeing on screen and I still liked the characters but I was expecting there to be like a surprise and a fallout I expected her to not understand what was happening it's a bit it's a bit difficult to explain because I don't know if I'm probably going over the top with like trying to avoid spoilers because I don't even know if it's considered a spoiler or not but like basically basically Izzy kind of knows who she is Um, like there isn't a surprise there so it's like I was kind of caught off guard as an audience, you know, as a viewer. I don't know if you were. When Izzy was so in, in tune with her mum on the witchcraft stuff, mm. where I was almost like, oh, this movie isn't going where I thought. And maybe that's a good thing that it, it swerved where I thought it was going to go on the more traditional route. But I just, I really wanted that because I was, I was yeah. really invested in the well, mother and daughter relationship. I th- the mum came across quite sinister for hours yeah very shady doing things behind the doors back and stuff yeah and and izzy did come across as having this scary um side of her but also being very innocent and vulnerable and and, you know that and so yeah i i I thought it was going that way as well but i think when we got the journey that we went on i i I got on board pretty quickly with it yeah so I think that's just for me where like I probably didn't like it as much because I think I really I liked the start and I loved the middle and then when it went in this different direction and the way the kind of the final act played out I was like okay this is cool but I'm definitely not as invested as I think I would have been had it been a more confrontational it was more just like okay now we're seeing Izzy become I guess who she was always born to be and who her mum has kind of like been training her for but I, I don't know I wanted there to be that that confrontation between the two i I don't know i just i I really expected that's where this was going and then i almost wanted there to be like another layer on top of that like oh no like it is actually the mother's love but i was doing it for this other reason and again it's like that's a lot to to add to this movie where i think it's one of those things where it's tricky when you know you you then start to ask for another movie don't you exactly you know you can't help that no sometimes exactly journey but but you also have to just watch the movie that's been put in front of you a hundred and that 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 is the tricky bit you know we've we've had it in recent times haven't we with other movies yeah and i always i I don't like that as a as a criticism in general because i think that yeah you have to just judge the film you can't judge what you thought was in the movie but then ultimately i'm going into the movie with no expectations whatsoever because i know nothing about the film and then prior because of the scenes they've given me over the first let's say 35 minutes that was where i was expecting the movie to go and so that's where as an audience member i am a little bit kind of like like just confused and almost like oh, okay this isn't where i'm going but this is still engaging but i do think that it is just it's a ridiculous achievement for, for in terms of like you say we, we haven't really mentioned it that much but like this is ultra ultra low budget indie filmmaking mm-hmm. and and it's all normally don't and again i didn't know anything about this movie so it was just like an accident um but like i don't typically pick movies That when it's as low budget as this there is very few that can be this quality because and and this to me i think this film you know does hang with having a conversation with just any movie we we talk about 
exactly which is is a huge but i think that yeah what i was going to say is the reason why i don't pick those types of Mm. movies is just because i feel overwhelming guilt even trying to give them any sort of critique because i'm like i get it that's what they want they're a film and they want to be judged as equals with those other movies that you mentioned but it's like you you guys are doing you're not on, you're some, not on a level playing field no, but like i i can't even fathom making a movie with four people i can't even fathom it so the idea that i'm like well this story didn't go in this direction i i immediately feel guilt where i'm like what am i even saying like four people made this that's, that's why it's a miracle like, this movie exists <laughs> i almost i almost wish i knew that going into the movie because yeah. i would have like i would have liked to have just looked at it with that lens because when i'm watching it like and thinking back of some of the some of the scenes that we saw like like there were there were certain parts of it. I remember like thinking about halfway through this movie. Oh, I'm I, I want to look up the director of this at the end uh, because I'm really fascinated with what they've managed to achieve here and just some of the shots and like I said, just the way they captured it and where, and the way they captured like for me uh, a subgenre that I've enjoyed, but it's certainly not my, like my wheelhouse. But this one, like I say, kind of got me in instantly. Um, and, and yeah, I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to look that up. And then like when the credits rolled and I was like three people named, I was like, okay. And then I like, was like, hang on a second. <laughs> Again, I, I think they would love that. Like, that's kind of like yeah. what they would want the most of like, you know, it's just, you, this is a movie you can kind of give really just judge it on its own merits. And that's the thing. It's like, it's on Shudder. So it's like, you mm. can watch, you know, VHS, you can watch like all these other whole host of movies and then you can watch this. And it's like, they want to be an equal foot and they don't want you to just think, oh, well, this is only interesting if you look at it at the lens of it was made by four people, which I yeah. do think is a fascinating conversation. It's the reason why it's, it's being talked about so much because we've literally never done this in like nearly 300 episodes so it is noteworthy Mm. for that reason but i do think that yeah it's still (laughs) it still stands alone and i think that's the biggest kind of my biggest takeaway from this movie Mm. is that like i like the movie i i I definitely didn't like it as much as you and i think that it's overall i thought it was good but it's an unbelievably impressive piece to kind of like put on your cv and i think the only takeaway i have is that these four people can now present this to potential financers and production companies and be like we made this with this amount of money (laughs) like just imagine what we can do with even just you know 10 percent more than that and and it should be they should get way more of a budget for the next project after the success of this movie hopefully i feel like they're just uh you know recording their music in their spare room happy that no one else is listening to it you know this is just a family <laughs> vacation video life. yeah hellbender for well, life. that's the thing there is a there is a vibe to it where yeah it fits that perfectly because I, i'm pretty sure this was done you know in the pandemic as well so this was just like a family of filmmakers together who just wanted to make a film and yeah. like there is a there is like a vibe to that that you just can't help but love because it's almost like everyone's dream who loves films is like you would love to just make a movie that ends up on Shudder that people check out and actually really enjoy. Like that's just mind blowing, isn't it? Quality is just so insane, though. It just it does blow my mind. To like just thinking back of it and and knowing what we know now. And I think um, that's the thing is that like when we've done, I think the best kind of similarity really is like the, the closest we've ever come to this on the podcast is some of the Fright Fest movies we've done. And probably in particular, the Fright Fest we did in lockdown um, <laughs> at home. You know, some of those movies were micro budget movies. And I remember like our conversations about those were like, mm, OK, well, there's a seed of something here. And like, yeah, 
this person's got talent behind the camera, but it was a terrible script or they needed a budget or blah, blah, blah. Whereas, you know, this movie doesn't need any of that for me. Mm. You know, this movie as a standalone thing is, you know, very enjoyable. And I think of a level and, and like you said, you know, even when you didn't have quite the level of enjoyment I did, it's still, you know, you put this on a CV and it just shows that you can make something incredible with nothing in front of you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I you know, it, it does blow my mind and it was, um, <laughs> you know, you, you, you said at the start, like what a gamble it was and it turned out to be a crazy gamble considering like the level of budget, like and what this <laughs> movie could have been. And, and like I say, I think it's, you know, it's definitely closer to that lightning in a bottle, you know, than, than, uh, than what you get with 90% of the stuff on, on this sort of budget. I'm, I'm so glad you like this movie, honestly, like mm. that, that fills me with so much joy is that is how much you, you dug this movie. Cause like I say, I think on paper, this just isn't like a movie that you would necessarily vibe with traditionally. Um, so I'm so glad that this landed for you. Yeah. Um, I think like, uh, again, I think it was the pacing that did so well. Like I, I enjoyed the music element. And so to just get that straight away, like seeing them like rock out just, put like a proper dumb smile on my face and then like you know just it 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 had a really good pace to it you know i think the the weird thing is is that i think you know this could be described as a bit of a slow burn and this is just like a a scale back journey but the journey keeps moving you know that when we're not just like she's not just broody in her room for like 40 minutes while her mum goes to the shop Mm. her mum's like i'm gonna go to the shop she gets a bit annoyed with her next scene she's back from the shops you know it never just it never fucks around and and like there aren't you know there's probably like maybe two scenes in the movie where izzy kind of does a bit of a trek and and you know you have a little bit of a scene there where there's not a lot of dialogue and not a lot of kind of added value other than the fact that they're you know well put in shots but like you know there, there are very few scenes that i felt like were were just wasting my time um, yeah that's and, that's and something think, that is you see in so many yeah. like the low budget indie stuff oh, of, like God. it's just it's stretching everything isn't it because you have such a limited uh budget and day shooting where mm. it's like okay the amount of stuff you get on film which is of a quality that would normally go into a feature-length film is so much less that then you have to ultimately put stuff on which is you know clearly not going to be in high oh. value movies whereas this doesn't feel that way this doesn't feel like there's no. scenes that are in there just to pad it out because we, oh we had to get it to 80 minutes to hit a certain quota well, that's what, you know, that's what we said a few weeks ago when we, um, when we watched Lamb. We were like, mm. Sweden's really pretty. Oh, no, Iceland. <laughs> Iceland, yeah. Iceland, oh, yes, Iceland, Iceland, yeah. yeah. Iceland's really pretty, but, like, <laughs> we probably don't need, like, 25 minutes of tourist footage for this movie. It's like, it's like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, but it was, it was, not, it was not needed. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like I said, it's pretty. But, yeah. but um, you know, I could just go to Iceland. But yeah, like, yeah. like I say, this one doesn't do that. It doesn't. It doesn't take the piss, and it doesn't. No. You know, and considering you know, like I say, everything else we've seen, and uh, you know, and said about with budget and everything else, it it categorically these movies have that in, and you have to just get past that. And yeah, this this one doesn't do it, and so so yeah, I I was surprised. Um, but yeah, it is always nice to be pleasantly surprised by a movie. Which yeah. seems, you know, seems to keep happening. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, it good does. Times, you know, no, we, we, saw, we saw a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie that wasn't trash last week, and uh, I honestly think that is 
especially for me that is like underrated as a surprise because yeah like i'm someone who has actively disliked texas chainsaw massacre for so long oh like, I, you know, <laughs> just for yeah, just yeah, for I, shortly I, I, because like i didn't you know i don't even like the remake whereas i know you do and a lot of people yeah. do but like so yeah. for me it's been decades like even further since i've enjoyed one and so the yeah, fact that like it, part two I do, but I've not seen it for such a long yeah. time. I like it yeah. for its weirdness and that, but I don't... Yeah. It's almost like not even... I don't even... Cons- I mean, it is, but it's yeah, just weird. <laughs> it's like a fun little movie, but I almost don't even think about it as the sequel, you know, to mm. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, but yeah, obviously for this movie, I mean, we've talked a lot about it, but what, mm. what would be your sort of recommendation for this one, which is available on Shudder? Yeah, I think this is this is a no-brainer if you got Shudder. I think it's, it's a great ad for, for Shudder and, you know, kind of promote an indie film and you know a real kind of zavvy choice for for shutter to get on there and put on the big screen as well you know to get to promote these little indie movies that that can be gems and i think um it's worth watching i think if it's something that if it's a subgenre in horror that you're into i think you're really gonna love it and i think you know if if it's not there's a chance that you know it, it's gonna land between where me and you are which is still pretty high regardless hmm yeah, I, I think I would recommend it. I think it's um, – I'm glad it's on Shudder. I think that's the perfect place for it. Yeah. I think any other sort of – it needs to be on the niche horror platform, any yeah. of the major if platforms. It's, if it's got a paywall or so, like, you know, pay-to-watch sort of thing instead of a subscription package, it, it starts to be a bit of a different question. For sure, and I think if it's on the major ones, it would just get eaten alive by the, just the amount of content on there, mm. whereas I think with Shudder – it's that is such an acquired audience that would there is definitely the audience for this it's if you're the person that wants to go to horror festivals and really seek out horror films this is the type of film um and yeah i do think that it's just it's just an amazing achievement where for that reason i'm really glad i watched it because now i'm now blown away by these filmmakers and i hope that they get to do something with more budget off the back of this movie um but even taking that aside as a movie i do think it's good and i think that especially within the subgenre of like satanic stuff it's definitely some of my favorite stuff that i've seen and especially with the the way the kind of the lore i guess of witchcraft and the way it's explained like even the the term hellbender yeah. kind of has this like lore reason which i really liked um and so yeah there's just a lot in there of like especially the whole not to read you know go over it all again but like the the way like every kind of creature has this life force inside them um and she talks that through with like the worm scene it, yeah. it's just there's some really fascinating stuff in there that i don't think i've necessarily seen like i don't remember the craft talking about anything like that um about like consuming no. life forces to get stronger like i just think that's such a fascinating dynamic well it and was so, that whole scene when she first eats the worm and like mm. goes kind of crazy with it you know you're like what the hell does this mean and then when they talk about it and you know, I, I I wanted to see her explore it more, really, where she's like, mm. so if a worm does that to me, <laughs> what about a hedgehog? <laughs> and, yeah. and you could just see the mother character being like, oh, no. Um, well, why why should you go straight to hedgehog? Like, yeah, I mean, why, why, I mean, they're so prickly. You know, why know. not a squirrel? Yeah, or a like, rabbit or something like that. Yeah. A hedgehog? Come on. Like a hedgehog. Um, she'd be like, oh, how about how about a porcupine? I'm yeah, like, that, is, that is hardcore. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it is. It, this is a great like, I do think that this is especially now. This is like the perfect time for a movie like this. I'm glad this didn't get put out on Shudder in Halloween 
Um, mm. You know, when there's like a million big releases anyway, there's a whole bunch of TV shows. You have other platforms like Netflix who like only give a shit about horror a few times a year. So they'll yeah. start getting in on it. Whereas I think now this is when like the proper hardcore horror community is starving for new content. This mm. is definitely something worth checking out for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was our discussion on Hellbender. I will take a short break and we will be right back. So yeah, just before we uh, go this week, there was a movie that we both wanted to discuss. There was. Not for the, not for the first time on this podcast. Um, and yeah, it's not Psycho Goreman, funny enough. Though we can talk about that if you'd like. Um, pass this week, pass. Okay, fine. Yeah, um, yeah but- we do a pass on that one, I think. Only because um, we want to talk a little bit about, actually, our number one movie of last year which is of course last night in soho obviously mm-hmm. got to see it on the big screen last year it fully delivered it was everything we wanted and more and obviously now we have that gorgeous 4k in our we very hands 4K. Mm. um whole host of special features um multiple commentaries which i, I haven't listened to yet and i cannot wait to get into yeah. those um in either man himself yeah, he's on both of them. Yeah, um, I can't remember if it's... I know it's the, him and obviously his co-writer is one of them, which that's nice. the one I'm really looking forward to. I yes. can't remember what the other one is. It might have been an editor and maybe oh, okay. someone to do with the sound, which would be mm. good. Um, but yeah, I mean, the one thing I have to say just about rewatching it is I was quite worried about rewatching it in a weird way because there was so much hype and anticipation when we first saw the movie yeah. and absolutely loving it. And then kind of, then it was like t- a, f- a few months passed and then we obviously did our deliberations. And we were like, yeah, this is definitely our number one film. I was worried that it wasn't as good as I remembered. Um, and I it's worried probably... if it was like the hype of Edgar and all that stuff, like yeah. just all of that was kind of in my mind. And then sitting down and rewatching it for a second time it's so much better than i remembered mm. like and i already thought it was perfect it's phenomenal and the it's opening scene i was just like oh yeah just, i remember it's unbelievable the level of craft in this movie and oh and like i don't want to get negative because we'll move quickly on from this angle but like it frustrates me no end how underrated this movie is and it's 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 sadly the word underrated can be applied to a lot of edgar wright's career sadly but this Mm. movie in particular i honestly don't think i've ever seen a movie in my life which is more underrated than last night in soho because the level of kind of people that have seen it the buzz it got obviously the the box office as well which was hella disappointing all of that stuff combined does not even remotely equate to the quality of the film which is just unbelievably exceptional in every category mm. like rewatching it again where i was like oh my god i'm so glad we had like both of the lead actresses on our best acting category because yeah. they're just they're unbelievably good and then the use of music the flashbacks the the story is so fascinating mm. the kind of the twists at the end that you don't see come in it's just and obviously the level of craft with like the reflections and all of the it, it's just this movie's mind blown isn't it how good it is it is and it's it's gorgeous from the first frame to the last frame Mm. and i think that's the the thing about it and i think um yeah what i was going to say was when we were doing our deliberations it felt i think it's reasonably uncommon for us not to been able to have seen like our number one movie more than once yeah you know i think think most years 
we've been able to you know see them you know you think like year before with lighthouse we yeah. we saw that in january and it was already on demand at that point yeah so, i've seen it about five times knows. by the time yeah, we got to our deliberations how many times you've seen it um <laughs> you know and i think that was part of what the trepidation was was like were their performances that good like we obviously just saw it at the cinema this one experience and it was like did you know it was a bit of a concern and I, and I did share that too that when when i put it on i was like please be what i remembered and yeah <laughs> it, it it really was and i think it's um you know the, the biggest disappointment is is what you were saying and, and it's you know it's hard you know you don't want to be on the negative but it is just crazy that a movie of this quality hasn't seemingly hasn't found any you know area of of being put on a podium apart from on our podcast you know yeah. it's just that you know if it's not getting it in the box office is it getting it in the award nominations is it getting it in you know just people talking about it is you know wherever you start to go you know you look around and it's just like there's no voice singing this from the rooftop and i don't understand it no it's a strange one especially because i mean listen obviously some people do like it but mm. we are talking about a movie which and that was the other thing as well where going into those liberations i was like okay the one the only thing about this movie that i'm not 100 percent convinced on is the horror mm. and obviously we're picking this as our number one horror movie but ultimately it became a very easy choice because this was the best film i saw last year yeah. and I, I saw so many movies that were like 10 out of 10 that i absolutely adored especially towards the tail end that we obviously spoke about Just on the podcast say, you know yeah yeah, like what you know, had the way I felt watching Matrix and Spider Man, but then yeah. a whole host of other stuff that was just incredible. But I was like, ultimately, the best film, the best crafted piece of work I saw all year is a horror film, and I that might be the first time I can say that for the podcast. Like, that's a bold statement. I'd really have to think back to other films mm, potentially, um, yeah. But like, because the the big thing is, I'm thinking of how strong 2019 was, where I'm like, oh my god, there was us, there was Midsummer, of course. But for me, there was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which was my favorite movie of the year. So like, there was always that one extra movie that was, you know, that would just pip the horror films. Mm. Whereas for this, it was like, no, this this is the best film I saw, and it's just, I love everything about it. The, the behind the scenes stuff, in particular, on the oh, yeah. on the disc is incredible, and they go into everything that you'd want, like like what we talked about in the show at the time, the level of commitment to filming in Soho and in London um, just gave this movie a completely different vibe. They're like we said at the time, where it's the, the saddest thing about London is how expensive everything is. It's yeah. disgusting to do literally anything, let alone try and shoot a movie. Um, and so that's why you just don't see it anymore. And that was why no, I even felt that when I... movie had its budget. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and that's when I'm when, you know, talking about American Wealth in London recently. Mm. Like when I watched that and you see like him running around you know outside like the adult cinema at the end and stuff like it's this the, i get such a kick out of seeing london on screen because yeah. it just isn't shown enough for how yeah for it's how like much a of an iconic shot of Lon london and then is yeah. zoomed in in like in, in a in a building that clearly was not on location exactly it's always the same types of areas isn't it whereas this mm. is like you get to see them walking on the street like when you get to see matt smith and and anya kind of going hand in hand into the taxi and mm -hmm. they kind of go off together and all that stuff it just it's just something about it that just adds to the the level of realism to it all and yeah i think the behind the scenes do such a good job of showing all of that the level of rehearsals to get like the the, the dance sequences and all of that stuff like the the mimicking obviously of the mirrors and the, all that it's just it's so good the dance sequence was something i wanted i wanted to bring up because yes. 
the way like I, I don't really like when I was watching it it's it's incredibly well done but you don't really I, I don't know about you but I never even like sat back and thought how do they film this mm. I just I just kind of like enjoyed the moment and like seeing how they actually filmed it and it's like oh you know did they did they kind of film it twice and, and then just kind of cut it together was there some clever CGI like and it was like no it was just like a, an incredible choreography like one cut of the dead that's basically what it was yeah where the characters you know all three of them are there and and they're just ducking behind the camera and then grabbing and being pulled into the shot when it works and just like uh it, it really reminded me of one cut of the dead and i just found it absolutely hilarious that like you know sometimes just doing the thing the way that you know just by being there and doing it is the best way to do it you yeah. know um you know we talk a lot about practical effects versus special effect you know versus um you know computer effects and i'm just like this this is that as well where like this could have been done with cg or whatever like you know expensive computer technology but just having this really swift choreography with the camera operator at the same time um just just really kind of worked wonders i thought well, the thing as well about this movie is like there are a ton of visual effects and I think mm. they need to be in the movie. And I think that's why Edgar Wright is the perfect man for a job like this because he knows the right blend. He knows that you need to have like when you have um, Thomason in kind of like the reflection of Anya when she's having the conversation mm. with Matt when she first meets him. And so it's like, OK, she's physically standing there reacting to it. But then obviously there's like visual effects to, you know, make it look like there's a proper background. And so it's yeah. the same mirror to see Matt Smith's reflection. Like you obviously yeah. need those mm. visual effects to it all together but yeah. like the fact that he is insistent on like no they could have just had thomason film her reactions on a completely different day and it would have just and it would have slotted in and it probably would have been you know like 80 percent as good but there's a reason why he's one of the best because he goes whole hog and he he's a perfectionist and he thinks all of this in his mind and i just when he was talking about on the behind the scenes like how he came up with this idea you know years ago it was like this small fester and idea and he was talking about how he told anya after yeah, he'd seen her in the crazy. witch um and this yeah. was before he made baby driver as well and he was talking about how like he basically anya was one of the first people he told the whole story to but he yeah. wanted her to play ellie at the time yeah um because he saw her as the more sort of smaller timid character which obviously you know after the witch and then obviously then in recent years she's become on to be this like mega star yeah, and now she can now she can play like the you know the dream sequence part of the of the film so yeah it's it's i just love everything about it it just fills me with joy i can't wait to watch it again and again and yeah i'm i'm, I'm hoping to learn even more interesting tidbits from the uh the commentaries but yeah like i say there's always a sadness to it because when someone's put this level of craft yeah. and heart and soul into something you want to see it rewarded and obviously I mean, even like the two movies, like not to bring it up again, but I will. Psycho Goreman is like, yeah, they, you know, there was all their heart and soul into it. And ultimately the movie didn't do like gangbusters or anything, but like we're talking different levels here where I'm well, sure that the actually... gets talked about on Shudder is, is yeah. good for them. Whereas I think with a movie like Last Night in Soho, especially with this level of budget, it, it has to make money and it just didn't. And I just don't understand why. And ultimately it is a reflection of, I guess, horror where the, for the first time Edgar Wright is kind of like fully committing to horror in a way and he's just, and he's just not rewarded for it and that's really sad and it is a massive shame because i think you know i was actually going to bring up pg as well because like a movie like that can have us champion in it and it can mm. find a niche on shudder and 
you know, with the budget and with with where that movie was at, that that can be a success for it. You know, yeah. it's hard to think of a future now with Last Night in Soho where Edgar could look back and say that that was a success. Yeah, and and that's that's the massive disappointment to it because for me, like if I if I was to like meet if I was to walk up and meet Edgar right tomorrow, I'd be like, oh man, I love Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, but fucking hell, Last Night in Soho. That's, mm. that's your masterpiece like yeah. he, the, wow and and you know i i just you know and i and i want that to be the the common denominator that he gets going forwards and it's just not gonna be and yeah. and you know that it is a massive shame and, and i think that's why it is just such a disappointment and you know we'll we'll continue to shout it from the rooftops but i just feel like yeah, this movie needed more than that. And sometimes that can be enough. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think for that reason, yeah, we just will continue to champion the movie. Like I will refuse to spoil it because I just, mm-hmm. I, I implore everyone. If you're still Unless listening, you're you know, I mean, we are running the <laughs> yeah. thing on the ground with content right here. Don't, don't close the door on that. <laughs> no, I'm definitely not. I'm fully down for that next week. Um, but yeah, like it just, I would implore anyone who's still listening where you're like, Oh, I was on the fence about it. Please just watch it because it is such a special movie. And I think if you're just a fan of film in general, you should see it. And obviously if you're listening to our horror film podcast, then you're clearly into your horror. And I'm, and I'm certain that you'll like the horror aspects of it as well, but it is just a magical, like that. And that's the thing as well where i will i won't just recommend this to horror like people i'll no, hope that like, no. anyone i know who likes film i'm like you have to see last night in soho it's one of those movies you know it's not like i'm not going to recommend psycho gorman to normal people i'm just not because yeah, i'm only going to be disappointed by how they feel about yeah, it you, are. you can't bloody help yourself <laughs> <laughs> well i mean normally they're like what's that guy on your t-shirt and i'm like well let me tell you about a guy called pg um but yeah no it's uh yeah it's just it's so great isn't it like, like i'm just I so happy a phase of well uh, recommending midsummer to normies just to break <laughs> them <laughs> yeah i remember the martyrs days when i used to do that as oh, well lost, yeah, the lost a lot of friendships days. that way yeah i lost i lost some friendships through martyrs recommendations <laughs> been there bro <laughs> Those are the days, but it's got to be done for if the love of find, these films. Yeah, and if you find a strong friendship through Martyrs, that's it's, that's, a, that's scary. That's terrifying. Or in a prison sentence. <laughs> yeah. So it's lose lose either way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's such an awesome movie. Um, but yeah, that is pretty much it for this week. Uh, speaking of next week, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, who knows? We, I mean, so, how this week? Who, who'd have thought it? Yeah, I mean, like you say, there's a whole bunch of random stuff. Um, obviously, there's Wes Craven, which we could get to. And I feel like I have been kind of a bit of trepidation of pulling the trigger on another Craven so soon. But ultimately, that is why we started doing this mm-hmm. list is for when it's quiet. Um, yeah. And like, because obviously, we hope that there'll be a period later on in the year where there's like three months of consecutive films that we just want to see. So we just won't even touch the list. I was going to say, there was um, a point last year where we were like, oh, man, we need to keep the Craven thing going. But like, yeah. we've got too much stuff. No, there was for sure. And we were like eager because obviously we had like Nightmare on Elm Street to talk about and Hills of Eyes Part 2 and stuff. So, yeah, like that is why it's there. So I, I shouldn't be afraid to to dip into the Craven bag more often while it's quiet because uh, hopefully this obviously won't continue, even though we're still seeing great films. Um, and again, I guess the other random one is that we'll, we'll be seeing the Batman in the next week, um, which I'm, I'm guessing we're not going to do a show on. <laughs> I mean, I just how, think, how much can we stretch this? <laughs> I mean, you know, we didn't think we were going to do a show on Joker when we when we watched it at the cinema. That's true. You know, I mean, the I, one I think thing this I will... one's fairly unlikely. 
<laughs> the one thing I will say is that I remember we said a few a while back that we just want to talk about movies that we're excited yeah. to talk about, and we're both very excited to watch this movie. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, who knows? I mean, we're gonna do Morbius because that's a vampire film, mm. so <laughs> maybe maybe we shouldn't do the Batman. But who knows? We'll we'll see how dark it is. I guess once we've seen it. But either way, we'll we might we'll, we'll probably mention it at the end of the show. Because um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's weird. I've gone so like radio silent on this movie pretty yeah. much since it was announced like i've barely seen anything it was like oh matt reeves is directing it and robert patterson is in it i'm i'm already there day one and then like the first teaser i saw of him as batman i was like i'm sold so i've not seen yeah. any of the trailers or anything i barely know who's in it outside of robert um or who's like the villains or anything all i know is that it's three hours long <laughs> which is mental um so yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to it what, how much hype level for the batman i mean I'm a little bit scared because I remember the last time I saw a three-hour movie with Batman in. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, it's great. That was way over three hours. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> if you're talking about, was it Justice League? What was it called? Snyder Cut. Um, how long? Was that about five hours in the end? I can't even remember. Oh, it was something insanity. <laughs> something that shouldn't exist. Yeah, um, but they had Ben Affleck in it, so that was like yeah, already that's, that's worse. Like yeah. it's already worse than a movie I haven't seen. So yeah, yeah, you're not you're not wrong. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty hyped for it. Like uh, I, you know, the, the trailers I've seen and everything else, like it 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 feels like what I want Batman to be right now. Mm. Um, and and yeah, Robert as Batman. Like I've spoken to so many people because again, like you know, Batman is just something that everyone pretty much you know yeah we'll talk about and so many people are like oh robert patterson for batman i don't get it and i'm like oh, you're like oh you're, i can't believe it's that twilight guy yeah i was like you've <laughs> obviously not seen robert recently <laughs> i'm like can i recommend you a movie <laughs> do you like black and white movies <laughs> <laughs> do you like old-timey like, english <laughs> no because last time we did this <laughs> We we watched. You must be a French films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we say, do you, do you like movie set in summertime? And I say, yes. <laughs> I thought I was watching Greece. <laughs> so yeah, but no, I'm I'm down for it. I I can't wait. Like I yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited. But I've I've been uh, continuing my trend of even though I'm pretty excited for it. I I pretty much just try to not think about a movie until I'm almost in the cinema. You know, yeah. we're a couple of days away from hopefully seeing it now. And, and now is the time that I want to just get hyped for it, which is what I've tried to do with these recent movies. You know, what we kind of did with Scream and, and off, you know, movies, you know, not for the podcast like Spider-Man. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm pretty much there with you. Like, I, I kind of had the same thing of like, I didn't get ridiculous excited for Spider-Man and Matrix, perhaps as much as I should have, given how much mm. I love those two franchises, and they ultimately delivered so strongly for me. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it just to be back in the cinema, because like, I think I've only seen two films this year. Because I've seen Scream and Nightmare Alley. I don't I don't think I've seen anything else, which is... Oh, we, we saw Jackass, didn't we? Jackass. Um, but it's just like, and they're all they're all great. Um, yeah. No, I really, I need to see that film again. Um, but let's end before we start talking about Jackass. Damn it! Um, damn it! I'm so close. <laughs> but yeah, that I was episode. No, it's over. <laughs> That was episode 287, where we talked about Hellbender. Uh, thanks for listening, as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. I never could, and how could I start that?